Welcome to the Making Recovery Real Talks To podcast, which aims to bridge the gap between what is happening strategically for mental health and well-being in Dundee and local communities. Hi, my name's Michelle and I'm from Making Recovery Real. Today's podcast um, is around technology-enabled care and I've got Jimmy Black with me who will introduce himself and tell me more about your role, Jimmy. I'm Jimmy. I work for the Technology Enabled Care Project with Dundee Volunteer and Voluntary Action. It's funded by the Health and Social Care Partnership. There's a wee bit of Scottish Government money as well. And what I do is I take ideas from the Scottish Government's digital agenda, come to Dundee and I try and spread those ideas out and introduce people to the the ideas the the Government is promoting. Mm -hmm. So what kind of digital projects from the Government do you bring to Dundee? Every year the government organises a number of different conferences and events mm-hmm. and I go to some of them and I go around all the exhibition stands and I go to all the, the talks and pick out, and so do other people from Health and Social Care Partnership too, okay. and we'll pick out the interesting things, the things that look as though they might be doable in Dundee mm-hmm. and bring them back and then start campaigning if you like to try and make sure that everybody knows about them. So one of the big things that we've done is promote the Attend Anywhere or Near Me system, which is video consulting. Okay. It's where outpatient clinics get um, interview their patients over a video link online, which uh, before COVID, we argued that it would save people time and travel, it would be more convenient, be good for carers because they wouldn't have to find childcare for their kids um, or for whoever they're looking after. And that seemed like good arguments, but not very many people... Not many, many clinicians were using it. Right. Um, when COVID struck, the really powerful argument was that you can't catch COVID if you're on a video link. Yeah. And so the amount of outpatient clinics and, and GPs using Near Me Attend Anywhere video consulting has really rocketed. Yeah. And uh, that's great mm-hmm. um, because when COVID goes away, as eventually we hope it will, uh, I think people will still carrying on using this tool. Because yeah. they'll have got used to it and they'll have found it helpful. Yeah. So the benefits, what is, you know, so not only do you not have to go to the doctors, but it's quite a confidential, like, protected system. I know a lot of people are quite paranoid about using things like video chat and stuff um, for Attend Anywhere. Um, tell us more about the kind of security and stuff that the technology you might use for Attend Anywhere. This is a, a system. Products. It's a system that was developed in Australia quite a long time ago, mm-hmm. so it's not by any means new, and it's come. It's new in Scotland, and we've only had it for the last three or four years. It, it's a direct connection between two computers. Right. So anything that anything that you say to the doctor, just goes to the doctor, and anything mm-hmm. the doctor says to you, just goes to you. There's no server in between, which. Um, could be anywhere in the world, you know, like Microsoft or Google or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you and the doctor. So that makes it more confidential and it's guaranteed to be confidential by the Scottish government. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing about it is that um, nothing can be recorded. The system doesn't uh-huh. record um, any of it. It's not like Zoom and Teams where you can press a button and record things. Now, you might think it would be quite useful to record a session with a counsellor or record a session with your, your GP. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of confidentiality for everyone, um, that's not possible. Um, you could ask permission to record it with your phone or something like that, but uh, the system itself doesn't allow for recording. 
Okay. So um, it's pretty confidential. Really, people can be sure that it's safe. But it does mean that the clinician has to use it in a private room. Yeah. Um, so does the patient. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to, to, for it really to work effectively, you need to be in a, in a private place on your own um, with a device and not be disturbed by other people. So there are some disadvantages to that. Yeah, I quite, I've used it, as you, as you know, and I, I find it quite good actually not being able, like for a 10 minute appointment, having to go all the way to the doctors, take off time off work. Um, and I find it quite beneficial to, to using it. And I would quite use it in the future rather than go in as well. Um, what other kind of thing does your role involve, maybe even pre-COVID, because you ran quite a lot of events, is that as part, well? Part of the role is engagement. So mm-hmm. um, I've been at the Science Centre a couple of times with a whole lot of gadgets, things for taking your blood pressure, mm-hmm. things for taking your blood oxygen levels, um, other stuff. You can get, you've got a gadget that'll give you an electrocardiogram. Right. Um, so I take these things out and about I can't do that during COVID, but I'm sure we'll be doing it again and showing people what they can do at home mm-hmm. with relatively cheap equipment that you can buy in Argos or sometimes even little, you know, you can yeah. buy stuff which is accurate enough to mm-hmm. be useful. And so you can take your own blood pressure, you can take your own oxygen saturation levels if you want. And uh, if your doctor is willing or whoever your clinician is, um, you can share that data. And you know, that gives you a much better picture of how healthy you are, how things are developing. The Scottish government is really keen that people do this. Right. Um, they want doctors to work as partners with their patients. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, with many surgeries are already providing blood pressure monitors, particularly for, for that. Yeah. Um, there's a big campaign coming from the Scottish government, put a lot of money into trying to persuade doctors, clinicians, outpatient clinics, and people to get on board and do this mm-hmm. because if people are doing it at home, they don't have to go into the surgery. And if they're not going into the surgery, they're not using up really valuable GP time. Yeah. Um, but they're also not exposing themselves to risk. Mm-hmm. And it's much more convenient for them. And Michelle, it's more accurate. Yeah. Because you go in and get your blood pressure taken in the doctor's surgery. There is always, um, it's always higher than, than it should be because yeah. people react to being in a stressful situation. Yeah. So better to sit at home, have a cup of tea, don't have a cup of tea actually, <laughs> um, just not have any stimulants for half an hour or whatever, sit and relax, take your blood pressure and it'll, it'll be an accurate result. Yeah, that's, it's, um, and do you think, do people quite take to it when you're out talking to them, you know, and think, oh no, not another gadget, you know, some people have got technology fear, are they quite surprised at what you can use technology for these days? Yes, well, a lot depends on the audience. Um, mm-hmm. Depends how tech savvy they are. Sometimes it depends what age they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true that younger audiences are a bit more switched on to tech than older audiences. Yeah. That doesn't mean to say that older people aren't interested. Mm-hmm. And they will try out my gadgets when I bring yeah. them in. They're quite disappointed if they can't make them work or if you know, <laughs> something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ask people, would you be willing to take your own blood pressure if the doctor asked you to? Mm-hmm. And most people would say, yes, absolutely, of course we will. If we've got the gadget, we can do it. Yeah. So, you know, we shouldn't try and protect people so much. I think people are actually very able, very competent, and they can be trusted to do things for themselves. It's also empowering people and letting them make their own choices around their own medical and health care, you know, by giving them responsibility for the, their own 
as I say, health, I suppose, um, as well. You know, we've talked about some of the positives, you know, you don't have to go to the doctors, but what's kind of the barrier, and we've talked about some of the barriers, but what other kind of barriers is there to your kind of role and in Dundee, I suppose, as well? Health inequalities, um, mm -hmm. that, that's a problem. Some people are too poor to have um, broadband. Mm -hmm. They may not have a private place in their home. They um, may not have money to buy devices. Yeah. And uh, these are major barriers. And the government and the health service locally are worried about this yeah. because they don't want to set up their services in such a way that it excludes some of the people who really need them the most. Mm. So um, one thing that we've been doing in DVA is taking part in the Connecting Scotland programme, which yeah. means giving devices out, iPads and Chromebooks out to people who, for whatever reason, can't afford to do these things for themselves, mm -hmm. um, and also broadband connections. And That's good. That gets them going for a year or, or at least, mm -hmm. um, and gets them connected up, and they're able to use all the digital services. It's not just about health and social care, you know, they... Council services are largely going online. If you want to know when your bin's collected, you don't phone up the council anymore. What you do is you go online and you look and see. Yeah. And um, it's really important that everybody is able to do these kind of things. Mm -hmm. And with digital health and care, it's, it's very important yeah. in terms of being able to prevent crises. Because one of the other things that I've been trying to promote is devices which will monitor the way that you move around in your home. Right. Um, it's not cameras, it's not microphones, it's uh -huh. just something that can tell if you've been moving around and what you've been doing in terms of have you cooked, have you boiled the kettle, yeah. um, have you been into the bathroom, did you get up in the middle of the night. Now that all might sound a bit like intrusive, a bit like spying, yep. but if the person is agreeable to it mm -hmm. and is willing to cooperate, then it means you can gather a lot of information about how they're doing, how much care they need. Um, whether they're going to maybe fall in the next few weeks. I mean, there are devices that can predict that you're more likely to fall and hurt yourself. And these things could be incredibly useful yeah. in the context of um, anyone who's frail or vulnerable for any reason. Yeah, and I suppose it would maybe give family members peace of mind if they were able to keep track of that um, as well and see how like a mother or a parent or something is doing if they're not there checking in on them all the time as well. Mm. Um, to what kind of um, you know around the tech and all, like enabled care around mental health um, in Dundee you know we know the the mental health agenda is really big there's been a lot of negative press and stuff you know what do you know of going aware on um, you know in terms of technology and mental health and what kind of role do you see technology having to kind of help improve that mental health and well-being agenda for Dundee anyway. Again Covid has brought the, apart from all the horrible things it's brought, it's brought the benefit that many more psychologists and uh, people involved in psychiatry are using near me, the video mm -hmm. calling thing I was speaking about. Um, it's one of the, the heaviest uses of Attend Anywhere near me is by the psychological services. Right. And that's for young people, um, adolescents but it's also for every other age group mm -hmm. and a whole lot of other mental health related things or support services are using it and uh, Dundee Volunteer and Voluntary Action also has its own Attend Anywhere account and they use it mm -hmm. um, so it's absolutely playing a role and it, it's made it possible for people to 
attend their counselling or their psychological diagnosis or whatever it is um, yeah. without having to drag themselves out of the house. I think for people with uh, mental health issues, that must be an important help mm-hmm. because motivation must be um, important. Um, it must actually sometimes be hard to attend appointments. Yeah. Um, so I think being able to do it from anywhere that you are, uh, through a phone or a tablet or a computer, mm-hmm. must be helpful for mental health. There's a whole lot more, though, to the mental health agenda than just doing the video calls. Yeah. Um, there's cognitive behavioural therapy online. All right. That's been around for quite a while in the form okay. of the Beat the Blues programme. Right. Um, but the Scottish government really only sponsored one treatment until very recently. Okay. Now there are eight different kinds oh, wow. of computerised treatments happening. And there's also a whole library of um, apps for mobile phones which... Um, help people manage their own mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to find the ones that work, yeah. and the ones that are safe, mm-hmm. but there is an organisation called ORCHA, it's right. O-R-C-H-A, okay. and they evaluate the apps, so they, they're able to find apps that really work. Mm-hmm. And you can look them up on the internet, you can go into their directory, and the apps that are best are at the top, and it describes what they do, and how you can use apps to manage your own particular condition. So as well as mental health, there's apps for people who have autism, for example. Yeah. And there's a thing called Brain in Hand, which helps people who are struggling to remember how to organise their day. All and right. um, it's a really good one. It gets very high, high uh-huh. marks. So there's many more. That is um, really good. <clears throat> I've recommended apps before, and I know we've shared them on our Dundee Healthy Minds and our Making Recovery um, Facebook pages, thanks to your signposting um, for that and they are because so many younger people have phones instantly in their pockets and they take to apps and again it's about giving people control and power and choice around what they can do for themselves yeah. um, with the mental health. Is there anything in your role that we haven't covered in our chat? I tend to, I tend to kind of go to committees a lot mm-hmm. um, and try and put my oar in and remind people about about digital things and remind people that there are new techniques and try and persuade and encourage people to to get involved. Recently I was, in fact over the last two or three years I've been working with the schools in Dundee to try and get them to enable pupils to use near me in schools so they can do their video calling um, to their doctor or their Mm -hmm. outpatient clinics in school. This may not be popular with pupils because it means they can't get half a day off school to go to the doctor. (laughs) Yeah. It might be really good for their education in terms of under parents who, mm-hmm. for example, could attend a doctor's appointment from their work with their child. Yeah. So the child would be in the school, the parent would be at work, the doctor would be at the doctor's surgery, and they would all be able to speak mm-hmm. um, over a near-me connection. So if a parent was required to be in on the, in on the appointment, that could be done, um, or it can be done without the parent. Mm-hmm. It could be a guidance teacher, maybe, or it could be... A translator, you, know, yeah. you can get more than one person in a call, you can get three or four. Right. So, um, you know, it, it just makes things possible. So I'm hoping that people will take that up. That'll be publicised um, early in the new year. All right, that's exciting. As you say, it saves a lot of time as well, and then trying to get, you know, time off, you know, and coordinate what would mm. be half a day, you know, into half an hour or something as well. The other thing I've just thought of that we haven't mentioned is Alice. Mm. <laughs> the website um, yep. 
as well. Is that still going? Yes, solace is a source of huge frustration to me because it seems such a brilliant idea mm-hmm. and uh, there's a whole lot of great information in it. There's a lot of information in it about Dundee. It, it's a thing which could save an awful lot of people an awful lot of time and effort. I should really explain what it is. Yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, I was going to ask that, yeah. It's a directory yeah. of services in, in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So Dundee Volunteer and Voluntary Action's in it. Many other organisations are in it. The theory is that you keep your own entry up to date. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good because it means that the entries should always be up to date. In practice, so there's quite a number of people who are in it that don't know they're in it and um, therefore their entries are get, becoming out of date. Right. So that's a problem. So one of the things that I would like to do next year is mount a wee campaign among all the voluntary sector organisations in Dundee yeah. and the statutory agencies mm-hmm. saying, um, could you please update your entry analysis? Could you please find out if you've got one? Yeah. And then could you go in and make sure that it's accurate? And uh, if we could do that, it would save so much time for people who compile directories of services. Yeah. Um, it would just be a link to Alice from your website and it would all be there. So it's A-L-I-S-S? Yes, it stands for A Local Information System for Scotland. Yeah. And as you say, I know it's a, a cause of frustration because I was going to ask about the kind of frustrations and the nature of your job and stuff. Because recently with services kind of starting again, strategic services, most of the things that we're hearing back is people don't know what's out there. They don't know what's happening. So Alice would be a really good um, central point for people to go to, to, to find out about services, mental health services, you know, all in the one place. And that's important. So um, yeah, we need to definitely back that campaign and get um, more people involved in that as well. So one of the things that we've been finishing on in our podcasts, um, so the main purpose we're doing them is to try and bridge the gap between what's happening in strategically and um, what's happening in communities so that they know what's happening. And we kind of, people don't see what's happening strategically and don't think of people up there as people. They just think, you know, that's another thing. So we're kind of asking people to give a kind of message to the people of Dundee, whether it be a bit of inspiration, a bit of hope. You know, there's been a lot of negative um, press around mental health and wellbeing in Dundee. And so we just like to give people the opportunity to kind of give something back and hope and say like, actually we are trying. So do you have anything that you would like to kind of, I'm putting you on the spot a wee bit here. But just go with your gut. <laughs> See, I think people need to demand the services that they require. Mm-hmm. So um, take video calling. If it would suit you better to see your doctor over a video call, if you don't feel a telephone call is enough, um, then I think you should make a point of asking your doctor mm-hmm. to be seen by video call. Um, I don't think it's good enough just to do telephone calls all the time. Mm-hmm. One of the things is that the GPs in Dundee have not been so enthusiastic about using the video calling system as um, as others in other places. So I, I would say to people, this is one way that you can change the services that you are offered, and that is to ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. And you may find that the, the managers at senior level in the Health and Social Care Partnership are grateful for that because... Um, you know, sometimes they're just planning in a vacuum. They don't always seem to know what people are, are wanting. So yeah. one of the things that's held up the whole digital revolution is that um, managers in healthcare have kind of made the assumption that people don't want to change mm-hmm. or that they won't be able to cope with the, the new digital technology. 
and that often reflects their own level of digital skill. Mm -hmm. But actually, the people are using digital things for everything now. I mean, you're booking holidays, you're booking haircuts, yeah. you're, you know, everything. You're studying online for, mm -hmm. for college or university, um, endless things. Um, community activists are using the computers that we've been giving out to attend Zoom meetings to talk about um, their local community plans. Yeah. So, you know, people are out there, they're, they're capable, they can do this. And it's a matter of making sure that the people who are in charge of healthcare know that. Yeah. So demand the things you want. That's what I think. That's what I'm saying. Good. Thank you for that. And I want to say thank you for joining me um, for our podcast. Um, very much appreciate it. So it thank a you. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Making Recovery Real Talks To. We hope you learned something new about the mental health agenda in Dundee. You can catch other upcoming episodes here on Anchor, Spotify and Apple Music. And if you would like to find out more about Making Recovery Real, please head to our Facebook page at MRR Dundee.